Inspiring solutions to save America one show at a time. Are you ready to get on board? When are you guys going to learn? The more you indict, the more we unite. Facts. It's Trump 2024. We don't care. You heard me? We already made our mind up. You already know when the hood got your back. Man, they deep in the hood. Gangsters. Talking about Trump 2024. You heard me? Woo, woo. Wah. Gangsters. The hood got this man back. I'm just trying to tell you. You heard me? And we ain't, we ain't stupid, man. American people, man. We ain't, we ain't all them talking about lockdowns and back when the mask and all that. You know, they got a new virus coming and it's going to be, man, nobody don't care. Ain't fooling nobody no more with none of that. You know, new jack, man, nobody, nobody being fooled no more. We all the way up. You heard me? It's Trump 2024. That's what it's going to be because we ain't having nothing else. From sea to shining sea, three hours of bold truth and excellence. The Wendy Bell Radio Program. Welcome back, my friends. Hour number three of the Wendy Bell Radio Program. This is the time of the week that we talk to John Guandolo. He is our national security expert. John has so much experience. He was a Marine. He served in the FBI. He was an agent for the feds. He uh, he knows things, though, about communism, about jihadis, about the threats that we all face. And it's important that we have a conversation with him today about what's brewing on the civil on the on the southern border, I should say, because John if I'm not mistaken, this Texas border fight has all the ingredients, you say, of a civil war, sir. Yes. Good morning again, Wendy. Um, I do believe that there are a lot of things lining up that uh, look like a flashpoint for something much larger, uh, including civil war. And what's interesting is Back in 2007, 2008, uh, and nine, uh, me individually, and then me when I worked with Steve Coughlin at the Department of Defense, and we were the first ones in the government briefing specifically the global Islamic movement and the threat doctrine, strategy, networks, modus operandi. And I bring that up because one of the things we talked about was where this was all headed. And when we saw things like Janet Napolitano start targeting uh, returning veterans from combat and saying they were a threat. And we were looking at the policies that DHS uh, was implementing and that were being supported under the, the uh, Obama administration at the time. It was all lining up to target the good guys and uh, promote and advance the bad guys. And that's what happened under the Obama administration. And quite frankly, some of it started happening under the Bush administration. And um, now... We've seen several flashpoints in the last uh, five or six years, uh, eight years, and this is, this is one where the federal government is pushing, and now you have multiple states standing against the president and literally the entire Democrat Party uh, on an issue that is a constitutional issue. It's a state's rights issue. Every American under the Constitution has a right to, number one, a Republican form of government, uh, protection against invasion, uh, 
and those natural rights to be uh, your right to life, uh, this, to be secure in those rights. And uh, these are not only being violated by the federal government, they're being promoted. And there is a massive, as you've discussed, propaganda campaign behind it to say Joe Biden is trying to secure America while Donald Trump is fomenting war. So that, as they always do, they accuse one side of doing what they're doing, uh, just like they did on January 6th. They were the ones who literally uh, had a revolution and stole the republic. And now they're pointing and saying, you guys are trying to you know, start a civil war, and that's exactly what they are doing. And I think they're going to get it. I really do, because you have now, you're pitting federal agents against federal agents, uh, the federal government about uh, against state National Guard and using executive powers to undercut the natural rights and the guaranteed liberties under the Constitution of American citizens. I mean, this is, I'm shocked this hasn't, we haven't gotten to this point before, but here we are. Take me three steps from now. So you got 25 states, every Republican state, save Vermont, sending or at least signing on to this support pledge, basically, to Greg Abbott in Texas. Many are sending their own National Guard troops to the border. Go five step forward. How how could this end? Well, I think if you, uh, there are a number of ways this, this could end. This could be settled. And the federal government just say, well, you go ahead and defend your border. But they've indicated that's not likely an option. Um, so I think you're going to get a lot of armed people at the border. And remember, you have a lot of other interests. You have the jihadi interests. You have the Chinese interests at the border. You have the cartel interests at the border. And they are looking, as they have been, just like what they, they used the George Floyd incident, uh, the BLM riots, under the guise of uh, nitpick the topic, uh, whatever they need to do to use violence. And that was uh, supported, again, by these same people we're talking about, the Democrat Party. And remember, the Republican leadership uh, holds the door for the communists and the Democrats while this all happens. And so the American people, I mean, if you, and I know you do, but as I'm watching social media, as I'm listening to commentators on the political left and the political right, and you're seeing Democrats who are registered Democrats who are realizing, hey, this is, this is going in a bad direction. Uh, we need to, we need to rein this in. Um, people, American citizens realize where we are, and you're seeing many, many saying, this is it. This is the ground we're standing on, and we're not moving. And whether they're from Texas or they're from somewhere else, you know, meanwhile, you've got uh, tyrants like Gavin Newsom and others that aren't in the federal system who are federal leadership who are advancing the propaganda that Joe Biden is, <clears throat> excuse me, securing the border and doing what's right for America. Uh, 
and uh, the, quote, MAGA uh, Republicans uh, led by Donald Trump are, are just disobeying the law. 100%. I know. And, and you're and, right. You're... And doing whatever they want. So yeah. I think the, the different ways this could go is, and the way I think it's, it looks like it's going, is we're going to get um, more troops, National Guard and others down at the border, and uh, federal agencies and arms of the federal government are going to try to do something. And the, the thing is, though, Mr. Biden has got to convince men and women of DHS, FBI, to go up against their own folks and to go up against citizens and National Guard at the border. And the question is, will they obey if they're so told to do so? I think they will, uh, at least some of them. But this is, this is where this is going. It's going to be a flashpoint. And our adversaries, again, cartels, Chinese, the jihadis, uh, they are going to want a flashpoint. They're going to want, because they want chaos. Sure. Uh, they want. Re- remember Dick Durbin said he wants the illegals, he wants these people coming across the border to become law enforcement officers. Right. I mean, that's what, the, hello, it's, it's, it, they're so predictable in what they say. And it's, and it's frightening. It is. And I, I think it's, it's so in your face that even people who have been unaware or ignoring it, uh, not paying attention to what's going on, look at this and realize this isn't just a policy dispute. There, there is an elite class, an elite political class in this country that hates America, that hates God, that hates our founding principles, and they want to see it destroyed. And they're doing it, and they're so in your face that they can look in the camera and lie their asses off to advance this evil cause, which is the destruction of the one country in the world that's been the freest, the most prosperous, the most generous in the nation, and they want to destroy it. And a lot of Americans, you can, uh, it's un, it looks like, you know, tens of millions of Americans have said, we've had enough. I just watched the video of them removing uh, the, the statue of Thomas Jefferson uh, out of the halls of, uh, in New York City. Um, and, and this was predicted because this is part of the, the communist plan. Yes. It is all about destroying who we are, Correct. our history, our culture, and bringing in what we're seeing. I agree with you 100%. Right? This, is, this is invasion, a military invasion at our border. Yes. And they're already waging war against us. Uh, this has been going on long before this, ladies and gentlemen. When John comes back with us, I want to talk about Daniel Pearl. You guys remember that name. Did you know that coming up next week, 22 years ago, he was killed, beheaded, and we have jihadis. All over this country, we have people in our government who would be sympathetic to what happened to Daniel Pearl. And that's scary. We're going to talk about that with John Guandolo, national security expert, when we come back on the Wendy Bell Radio Program. Welcome 
Welcome back to the Wendy Bell Radio Program. Uh, we are joined again by our national security expert, John Guandolo. And, and John, I, I cannot believe we're coming up on 22 years since the kidnapping and the beheading in Pakistan uh, of Daniel Pearl, the Wall Street Journal reporter. And this is connected to everything that you talk about, sir. Go ahead. Well, it really is. And uh, just a couple things. You know, I've just, in the last um, hour, I've watched uh, stories come across the wire. You know, a Muslim in France goes into a store and uh, screams Allah Akbar and says he's going to start slitting people's throats. Uh, a Muslim in uh, Quebec walks into a Catholic church during Mass and lays down his prayer mat and starts praying. Um, and we look at these bolder and bolder indicators. You know, I just saw a video of a Muslim talking to Tommy Robinson in the U.K., you know, saying, uh, uh, if the cameras weren't here, you know, I'd take you out. And uh, they are uh, bolder and bolder because that's what Islamic law Sharia requires them to do. Convert or kill. And sawing the head off a Jew who's a reporter um, is certainly normative and universally taught Islam. Uh, and I'll just remind people, I, I just put this out on social media, on Twitter, on X. Um, you know, it, it, Islam is actually very simple. The whole purpose of Islam was to, is to establish a global Islamic state under which Sharia is the law of the land imposed on every human. That's the purpose. It's not to convert everyone, not to kill everyone. It's to impose the law's divine law, Sharia, on every human being. That's it, through all means possible. And 100% of all authoritatively published Islamic law defines jihad as warfare against non-Muslims to establish Islam. That's it. That's what it is, and that's the purpose. And... A good guide, as my friend Robert Spencer says, if it advances Islam, it's lawful. Is a good general guide. Uh, it's allowed because that's the purpose: is to spread Islam over the entire world. Now, just because there are Muslims that you know, somebody knows, who who actually, and I'll just say, they actually really don't want to do that. They're not lying. They don't want to do that. That doesn't. That's not a different version of Islam. That's just somebody who's not adhering to what they're supposed to, under penalty of death, by the way. Um, And there you have it. So Islam obliges Muslims to lie to non-Muslims if it advances Islam. And it's a capital crime in Islam for Muslims to teach other Muslims anything about Islam that's untrue. So if you want to understand Islam, you have to get the books they use to teach Muslims about Islam, and that's what I do. That's all I have are books that Muslims use to teach other Muslims what Islam actually is, what they teach eight-year-olds in Islamic schools in Dallas and Pittsburgh and Toronto and Paris and wherever, and they all say the same thing. The duty of Muslims is to be loyal to the Islamic State. That's a quote. If anyone dies in jihad, they automatically go to paradise, right? So these are the things. And so when we look at Daniel Pearl's murder, where he's going to meet Khalid Sheikh Mohammed, the 
quote, mastermind of 9-11, the al-Qaeda leader, and he gets his head cut off, um, that to them, of course they're going to do that. And, and one more thing, because this is, this is an opportunity for people to open their eyes and see a little bit more of reality, that this is what normative and universally taught Islam. And I have books from Africa, from Uganda, that they use to teach children and adults about Islam. It says the same thing. I've gone through literally dozens and dozens of books uh, from Europe and from other parts of the world that are both textbooks and books of Islamic law, but used primarily, I like the books that teach Muslim children about Islam. And that, they all say exactly what ISIS and Al-Qaeda and Hezbollah and Hamas say are the requirements of Islam. And therein lies the problem. Since 9-11, our government, and I would argue Western governments, had said that what Al-Qaeda does, that's some one-off. It's an aberration. It's, it's, it's radical Islam. There's nothing radical about it except that al-Qaeda is radically right about what they say Islam requires. And I think the sad, tragic death of Daniel Pearl is a moment for people to actually reflect on what is true uh, and how barbaric Sharia is. It gives us a new focus about what happened on October 7th as well. It, it really does, because, again, what happened on October 7th in Israel by Hamas. And by is the way, normal, is normal. Uh, workers for the United Nations, now we know, that were also took part in that, um, but that's no surprise. Uh, it is, again, that's normative Islam. That's, that's that, what know, we all need. That, that, that's what we need to know, ladies and gentlemen. Every single time we have John Guandola on, it is an education. That's how it's got to be. John, thank you very much. Have a good weekend. And when we come back, ladies and gentlemen, CDC saying something that will make your hands shake. I got it for you next on the Wendy Belt Radio Network. You noticed that all of a sudden now, certain people are talking about things that had been off limits before. Television stations are now starting to whisper about some of this stuff regarding voting machines. What? You mean to tell me that they're not safe and secure? Get out. All this time, I thought it was so insulting. All of a sudden now, people are starting to look at the real data, which we have shared with you for years. How is it possible That a Republican Supreme Court candidate in the state of Pennsylvania can lose 350,000 freaking votes during an election. Aren't votes supposed to go up? How on earth can you tell me that they go down? We weren't supposed to talk about that before. In fact, if I'm not mistaken, I probably got fired from one of my jobs for so doing. The COVID is a special kind Of suck. Because if anywhere along the line, you weren't hypnotized, you weren't mesmerized, living in fear, hoping that somebody would come in and save you, but you looked at that critically after that first 15 days or whatever the hell it was, and you're like, this isn't really adding up to me. 
and you were demonized. You were called an anti-vaxxer, anti-science. I was told that uh, Wendy only cares about her 401k. I have no idea how that equates to me asking questions about the ridiculous, ridiculous things we were told by these hacks on these news conferences every night. But ultimately, the truth does come out. And it's happening. Headline, Epic Times, exclusive. Email reveals why CDC did not issue alert on COVID vaccines and myocarditis. CDC officials were worried about causing panic. Oh, please. You mean to tell me the CDC in 2021, when they knew the damage that was being done, particularly to young men's hearts. I'm particularly frustrated by this, ladies and gentlemen, because as you know, I am married to a cardiologist, a heart doctor, and I have five young men who live with me. So this is kind of raw. They knew all along. Of course they knew. Everybody knew. Fauci knew everything. You don't pay with taxpayer dollars and work with the Communist Chinese Party in Wuhan on a virus to see if you can make it more dangerous for humans without an end goal. No, 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 I didn't know. That's not what I did. We weren't doing gain of function. You know what? Sit down, little man. Because we're coming for you too. You need to hear the details. The nation's top public health agency did not send an alert on a connection between COVID-19 vaccines and heart inflammation because officials were concerned that they would cause panic, according to an email obtained by the Epic Times. They didn't mind panicking, freaking everybody out about having the bogus news reports. Oh, my God, the body's stacking outside. They need to bring in refrigerator trucks. Oh, my God, nobody can get into the to the hospitals. It's overloaded because everybody's just so sick. They changed how they reported deaths so that they could do, 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 do. There's just in coming in from your county. 17 more deaths. Stay afraid. You didn't want to cause panic. Suck it. The U.S. Centers for Disease Control and Prevention in 2021 drafted an alert for heart inflammation or myocarditis resulting from Pfizer, BioNTech, and Moderna COVID-19 vaccines. Officials prepared to release it to the public. Taking steps, including having the agency's director review the language internal documents show this alert would have been sent through the CDC's health alert network, which gets to the state and local officials, as well as to doctors across the country. The alert was never sent. Huh. You don't say. In the May 25 2021 email exclusively obtained by the Epic Times, a CDC official revealed why some officials were against sending the alert. Quote, the pros and cons of an official alert are what the main discussions are right now. Dr. Sarah Oliver, an official, wrote in the missive. I think it's likely that it'd be an alert since the CDC's primary method of communications to clinicians and public health departments. But people don't want to appear alarmist. Really? In May of 2021, you guys weren't wanting to be alarmist. No, what you wanted to be was concealing of the truth, which, oh yeah, 
my pages. Nine pages of side effects that they knew about. Oh, we don't want to be alarmist. We wouldn't want to tell the truth. That might change how people feel about us. Might, might dissuade people from getting vaccinated. Dr. Oliver was responding or corresponding with an employee of either Pfizer or Moderna. Blah, 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 blah. The CDC's apparent decision to not, to not immediately issue a formal alert to clinicians warning them about the increased risk of myocarditis and pericarditis in vaccinated individuals is not only inexcusable, it is malpractice, said Senator Ron Johnson from Wisconsin. Amen. Look, this is just the teaser beezer of what's going to be coming out. How dare you? How many people had to lie about their children? Being vaccinated so they could go to school. The hoops you had to go through. How many of you had to vaccinate your kids? How many of you look at your sons and daughters now as potential taking time bombs? What did you do? How can you undo it? And how dare these people force you to do something that they freaking knew was dangerous? So this is all going to come out. And it's going to take an act of God for me to not jump through the camera and want to choke some people. Never Forget what they did to us. Ever. Now, in a major 180, I think we need something. Well, you know how I feel about my boyfriend. He doesn't know it. Steve Hartman. But he is. CBS News. (laughs) Love is on the road. And he did a really sweet one. You know, we're told that we're this awful people. We're racist. We hate each other. We're blah, 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 blah. None of this is true. If you don't live through the lens of that and you just see goodness and you're a good person, good things happen. This is a great story. How a cup of coffee... From a gym owner changed a homeless man's life. Enjoy. It's okay. Here at the God Body Gym in Memphis, owner Roderick Duncan says real change never happens overnight. Ten. But he says it always starts in an instant. Seven. Or in this case, an instant cup of coffee. Two. Time. A few months ago, Roderick says he noticed someone behind his gym. Saw this guy sitting in the vehicle. He says the man was sleeping in one of his old cars. Homeless? Homeless guy had to be. So, camera rolling, he opened the door and told him to get out. Come on, get up out of my car, man. And because the door doesn't lock, the next day, same problem. Look at you, man. And he kept coming back. He kept coming back. And so it went, until Roderick tried a different approach. Before I could knock on the window, I said, you know what? I came back in here, I made him a cup of coffee. And on those grounds, Roderick began to build a relationship with 24-year-old Brian Taylor. He learned about his troubled childhood and his drinking problem, and then got him some clothes, took him to get an ID, and drove him to job interviews. He even gave him a spot on his couch. Brian says he couldn't be more grateful but he doesn't always show it. 
whether or not following the rules or violating a trust. Roderick says there have been many times over the past few months where he's told Brian, that's it, that's the last straw. And every time, it's not. Some people need more than one chance, you know? Some people, it takes a, it takes a while for most kids to stop bumping their head. You always have to work on you. And that patience may be the greatest gift he's given this young man. Everything you did yesterday is what got you in the situation today. So everything you do today is going to be preparing you for tomorrow. And both men agree, tomorrow is looking brighter. I got a job. I got more confidence. I got a smile on my face. Good thing, because Roderick says if Brian messes up one more time, he's done helping. That's it. Why do I not believe that? Well, I don't believe it either. <laughs> Unconditional love. It's crazy. <laughs> forgiveness to a fault. Steve Hartman on the road in Memphis. It's such a great story. And, and I want to I wanna tell you something briefly before we go to a break here, before our bad jokes. Right before we went on the air today, Brock told me that our friend, who I allow to be anonymous in Lahaina, who has given us so much information about what's really gone on there after those horrible fires. Um, we found out that he has left the place where he had been living and he's vacated it so that a family in need of a home could have that home. Now, where he's going, I don't know. But that, that is America. That, that is the spirit that I started the show with today. That is why we are the envy of the world. And that is why this great American experiment will not fail. Because of you. It's Bad Jokes coming up next. Don't miss it on the Wendy Bell Radio Network. All right, welcome back, everybody. If you're new to the program, and we are growing by leaps and bounds every single week. So every Friday, we wrap up the show with something stupid, and this happens to be it. So welcome aboard. Ladies and gentlemen, I just flew in from New York, and boy, are my arms tired. <laughs> I'm joking, of course. <laughs> Anywho, welcome to the comedy club. Won't you give it up to Wendy and Brock for Bad Joke Friday? All right, number one joke, Dr. Richard Rafferty from the Disk Institute of Pittsburgh. Now, the rule is here, guys, you know the rules. We're not allowed to read these in advance so they can be delivered as poorly as they are dumb. So buckle up. Here we go. There is a polar bear on vacation in the UK, and he walks into a pub and orders a pint. The barman says that'll be 17 pounds. The bowler, polar bear pays, takes his seat. After a few minutes, the barman approaches and says, this is really exciting. We don't get many polar bears in here. To which the polar bear replies, with beers at 17 pounds of pints. I'm not surprised. I don't know what that means. Is that funny? Is that funny? Are you sure you read it right? I did with beers. At I don't know. Yeah, that's what it says. No. See, that's why I ask him to read these jokes in that, advance. No, that's what it is. Well, that's I not. I don't get it. But uh, Wow. That's two now. Two in a month. The, Go ahead. There were 10 cats on a boat and one jumped off. How many were left? Nine. None. They were all a bunch of copycats. 
<laughs> Stupid. What do you call a sleeping dinosaur? A dinosaur. I'll, I'll be here all week. Mm-hmm. What do you call a calf that gets into trouble? Hmm. Grounded beef. <laughs> wow. I tooted on my wallet earlier. That's not what it said. I know. I won't say that word. Say I don't it. like. I don't like the f say word. It. I won't say it. I tooted on my wallet earlier. Now I have some gas money. <laughs> What do you get if a cow is in an earthquake? Did you just say earthquake? Earthquake. Earthquake. A cow is in an earthquake. I don't know. A milkshake. Oh, gosh. A man boards a plane with six kids. After they get settled in their seats, a woman sitting across the aisle leans over to him and asks, Are all of those kids yours? He replies, No. I work for a condom company. These are customer complaints. (laughs) (laughs) That's actually funny. I used to box when I was young and in the candlelight candlelight division. <laughs> I took one blow and I was out. <laughs> wow. How can you tell a blonde works in your office? There's white out on the computer screen. Mm-hmm. Did you hear that Walmart is giving away dead batteries for the holidays? Mm-mm. Yeah, they're free of charge. Most bald people still own a comb. They just can't part with it. <clears throat> What does a clock do when it's hungry? Uh-oh. It, it goes back four seconds. That's not funny. It is. It's really not. It is. I went to my nearby pharmacy and asked to speak to the pharmacist on duty. As I waited, I took out my little brown bottle along with a teaspoon and set them on the counter. Pharmacist came over, smiled, and asked if he could help me. I said, yes. Could you please test this or taste this for me? Seeing a senior citizen, the pharmacist, pharmacist went along with it. He took the spoon, put a tiny bit of the liquid on it, and put it on his tongue and swilled it around. Then, with a stomach-churning look on his face, he spat it out on the floor and began coughing. When he was finished, I looked at him right in the eye and I said, Now, does that taste sweet to you? The pharmacist, shaking his head back and forth with a venomous look in his eyes, yelled, Hell no! I said, Oh, thank God. That's a huge relief. My doctor told me to have a pharmacist test my urine for sugar. (laughs) I don't know if that's funny or gross. It's disgusting! Come on! I recently purchased the autobiography of Edgar Allan Poe. Mm. People have been raving about it. What generation does Forrest Gump Gump belong to? What? What, what generation does Forrest Gump belong to? Gen A. Gen A? Come Gen on. A. Gen A. Why does a bride always cry at the wedding? Hmm. Because she never marries the best man? Oh, boy. I asked my wife to sing karaoke with me, but she wouldn't do it. <laughs> Why did the candle quit his job? Uh-oh. He was burned out. Yeah, of course. Fun fact. Life is easier in 2023 for a boy named Sue than it was in 1969. Facts. That is a fact. That's not a joke. That's That's a reality. I know. I sent my hearing aids in for repair three weeks ago. I haven't heard anything since. A polar bear goes into a bar and says, I'll have a gin and tonic. I don't know what that means. Does that mean anything to you? What's up with these bears? I don't know. These polar bear jokes are terrible. I can't. Oh, wait a minute. Hold on. Uh, hold on. Hold oh, on. Here I, we blew go. It, I blew it. I blew it. A polar bear goes into a bar and says, I'll have a gin and tonic. And when the bartender asks, well, why the big pause? The polar bear replied, I don't know. I've always had them. <laughs> that, and you butchered it. I did. This morning I saw a person dragging a clam on a leash behind them. 
It must have been hard to walk with a pulled muscle. <laughs> what causes? jeez. Oh, what causes dry skin? <clears throat> a towel. Okay. How hard is it to seduce large women? <laughs> it isn't. It's a piece of cake. Oh. That's not my oh. joke. Tonight we're having Himalayan rabbit stew for dinner. We found Himalayan in the road. <laughs> <laughs> I asked the waitress for a quickie and she slapped me. The older woman at the next table said, it's pronounced quiche, dear. <laughs> That's fantastic. It was a sad and disappointing day when I discovered that my universal remote control did not, in fact, control the universe. I know. What do sea monsters eat? What? Fish and ships. Nice try, Brock. Fish and ships. I like it. I just took a leaflet out of my mailbox, informing me that I can have sex at 73. I'm so happy because I live at number 71, and 73 is just a door away. I don't even have to cross the street. (laughs) (laughs) You get the last one. Make it good. Why can't you hear a paradise? Pterodactyl going to the bathroom. <laughs> because the pee is silent. Oh, uh-huh, and it fudged up. Brock, yeah, I, I love it. that. That's fantastic. And it's quiche. Yes, ladies and gentlemen. All right, we'll get to the bottom of these jokes. I, I promise you. We'll figure out why um, Doc Rafferty. It was your fault. It was not. Okay. We'll see you on Monday, everybody. Have a great weekend. Love you all. Thank you. Peace.